Hello, and welcome to Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and it's Monday, October 30th. The United Auto Workers has announced that it has come to a tentative agreement with Stellantis and General Motors, which effectively means the strike is over. Bloomberg reports that the deal is broadly similar to the deal that was already made with Ford Motor Company. This likely includes a 25% increase in pay for all workers, which is a larger raise than the combined wages being raised between 2001 to 2022. It also includes a cost of living adjustment, which was a big negotiating point. Now, the United Auto Workers Union got Stellantis to promise to reopen a shuttered plant in Belvedere, Illinois, and further commit to building a new battery factory at the same site, which could add approximately 1,000 battery jobs that previously had not been planned. We have known for some time that General Motors already struck a deal with the unions to bring all U.S. GM joint venture battery plants under the Union Master Agreement. The contracts with the UAW negotiated are expected to last four and a half years until April 30th of 2028. Tesla service workers have gone on strike in Sweden due to Tesla's refusal to sign a collective bargaining agreement. Swedish dock workers have stated that they will refuse to unload Tesla vehicles in Swedish ports unless the conflict is resolved quickly. The strike includes around 130 workers in seven locations. Not everyone who works at these locations is unionized, and because of European data privacy rules, neither the union nor the workers need to specify exactly which workers are part of it. Now, it is being led by the union IF Metal, a major union covering hundreds of thousands of industrial workers across Sweden. The union says that it will remain on strike until a collective bargain is in place, and that they have plenty of funds to sustain a strike for months if need be. Tesla is holding a lottery for tickets on their upcoming Cybertruck delivery event, which is on November 30th. Tesla opened its Cybertruck delivery event website today, and with it, a link to enter the lottery for tickets. It's very little content in terms of the specifics, mainly just a location for the event and directions for how to enter. Tesla says that there is limited capacity for shareholder attendance at the event, though it doesn't say how many. In other Tesla news, Tesla has leaked upcoming sports seats for the Model S Plaid through its service manual. The picture shows a new shape that differs from the seats that are currently found in the Model S. The headrest is a bit longer, and obviously, there is a new hole in the middle with what appears to be a Plaid logo. It's unclear if Tesla plans to launch these new seats, or if they will be an upgrade to the Model S Plaid. Panasonic has announced that it is slowing down its battery production amid weaker demand for EVs, but it does hint that there is some demand from Tesla still being good. The company said that they lowered the production to achieve an appropriate inventory level in response to rapidly reducing demand. Now, the good news is that it only reduced production in Japan for global customers. In the USA, Panasonic says that demand remains steady. The company didn't elaborate on which customers contributed to the slowdown and which customers didn't. Panasonic noted that batteries for electric vehicles are still an investment priority for the company. Ford electric vehicle drivers will have access to 15,000 superchargers from Tesla, which is actually higher than expected. The company announced on Monday that they will add an extra 3,000 Tesla chargers to its network, which now encapsulates over 106,000 stations. Starting next spring, Ford EV drivers will be able to charge up at over 15,000 Tesla stations. 
Now, the announcement comes after Ford was the first major automaker to announce that they would add Tesla's NACS plug. Now, Ford's partnership with Tesla sparked a tidal wave of automakers who followed suit. General Motors, Volvo, Nissan, Mercedes, Honda, Kia, Toyota, and several others. The company says that between its growing network and at-home or commercial charging options, Ford EV customers are covered. Although, I think there's more to be said in the future. Chevrolet announced its Equinox EV rollout plan. The Chevy Equinox will launch at a higher-than-anticipated price and will launch a few months later than expected. They initially scheduled it for the fall of 2023. However, it will start rolling off the assembly line in the beginning of 2024. The initial front-wheel drive version is $49,000, while the all-wheel drive version will be about $3,400 more. General Motors still has a cheaper version of the Equinox on the horizon, However, the $30,000 model with 250 miles of range appears to be gone. Chevy does have a $34,995 Equinox that is said to score 320 miles of range. That's a compelling package if you ask me. In fact, the $35,000 model will have the same battery as the ones that are going on sale just next week. Although at Electric, we are withholding excitement for a little bit longer because the price still says starting around $34,995. So, thanks for that, GM. The new 2024 Hyundai Ioniq 6 will start at $4,100 less than last year's model. Hyundai says the lower price is due to production efficiencies and scale. When the change occurs, the base model will start at $38,615. For the higher trims, buyers still save between $2,450 and $3,050. The news comes after Hyundai slashed prices on the lease of the Ionic 6 and 5 earlier this month. Hyundai is now offering some of the cheapest rates since launching the electric models. In today's community comment found on YouTube, Nick McConnell1291 says, Volkswagen will find that by 2025 they are losing even more market share. They will have to start importing EVs en masse from China into the EU just to keep going. Unfortunately, they won't get all the profit made as the EVs are joint ventures with Chinese car companies. So I imagine Volkswagen will again in 2025 announce a delay in rolling out EVs and that will be their death knell. Yes, that's one scenario. Volkswagen has so much leverage and sway in the global market and I really don't understand what they're capable of, honestly. Likewise with Toyota. For companies this big, with this much production and buying power, sometimes I wonder if I'm looking at them the wrong way. I like to imagine the global conglomerates operate like the micro-businesses that I've spent the majority of my adulthood working for, but maybe they're more like the big businesses that I spent my teenage years at. Perhaps they operate like the government does. I spend too much time cursing at them, but not really doing a whole lot. It must take a special kind of manager to be able to lead these big corporations and see them from so many angles. I can imagine the higher-ups are surrounded by smiling faces that are looking out for their own interests to secure their job amid inescapable disappointments. Sounds like a stressful job to me, having to cut through the baloney to find out what's really going on. During the EV transition, I'm sure that heads will roll, as they say. We may find this time in auto history including a very high turnover rate at some of the highest levels of the highest companies, but time will tell, as they say. Thanks for watching Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and I hope you have a great day.